Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So I am delighted to be able to bring to you today, Kathy. And Kathy's story is one that taught me so much in such a short space of time. In fact, I wish I met her earlier because what Kathy taught me, and I'm sure as you listen to this episode, it's going to teach you too is that we are so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. I mean, how many times have you been through something thinking it's going to break you to find out it's actually made you? Or if it hasn't made you in that circumstance, it's definitely made you more resilient, more stronger. So it's kind of what I want you guys to walk away after this episode is to try and maybe step outside your comfort zone and embrace that fear and take on that little bit of pain, maybe for some future gain. Because I promise you when you hear Kathy and you see that she's in such a more beautiful place right now having suffered all this incredible amount of adversity from the sexual abuse to losing businesses and so much more you're going to realize that the human will it's strong it's so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for so I am delighted to have had her on the show I am extremely grateful that she opened up with her vulnerabilities and she opened up with her story, which is something that I think obviously needs more exposure in the world. It's something that I wish one day we could completely see the end of. But sadly, if we don't, what I do want people to do is know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So without further ado, people, thank you once again for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get over to it. I want to welcome Kathy to the show. Kathy, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on and share your story. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I'm happy to be here. Bless you. Thank you. I'm extremely happy to have you on the show as well. So as I was just alluding to earlier, there's so many elements of your story that that I could relate to, but there were also some stuff in terms of the emotional trauma that you experienced as a child. There's a lot of grief Mm -hmm. there. There's a lot of stuff that we just spoke about very briefly prior to starting this episode that you realized, wow, my life wasn't as normal as you had (laughs) thought it was initially. So I think it'd be a great place if we could, if we could start and maybe give the listeners a little bit more about yourself, if you could kind of open up and tell us as much as you feel comfortable with your story. Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, So I am the oldest of four children. Um, Both parents were in the home. Uh, My dad worked and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, And I want to start with my dad because I really um, learned a lot from him. My dad um, contracted polio when he was a very young baby. So he was handicapped his entire life. Um, So I really felt that my first lessons in um, being compassionate and really being resilient and strong came from him and watching how he dealt with um, adversity in his life. Because, um, you know, having a parent that wasn't able to walk fully and eventually in a wheelchair, um, 
you know, he made sure that we did all the normal things that kids do, you know, took us to the beach and took us to, you know, amusement parks. And now being a parent myself, um, those things are hard just for, you know, a, a, a parent, but, but, a, but now realizing, um, with the disability that he had, you know, wow, those things were so difficult and he mm. never complained. Um, he never, held back from anything. So really, I think those were the first lessons that I learned were from him. Um, and then there, there are two parts to my childhood that really led me up to kind of the work that I do now, which is the Reiki healing. And also, um, I am a medium, so I do, you know, mediumship readings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my first memories, um, from being a child were that of being sexually molested at a very early age by my paternal grandfather. Um, and that abuse lasted for an extended period of time, um, between six and seven years. And, um, but also during that time, I was starting to experience, um, what, what most people would, would maybe label as supernatural sort of experiences. Um, and by that, I mean, I would see shadows, which now I understand as spirits. Um, I would see shadows of animals and people. Um, and the way my mom kind of described it, she said that there was always something trying to get my attention. So I would be, let's say I would be playing in my room and, you know, little things would happen. Things would come off the wall or I would feel a presence in my room. Um, and then there were lots of things that I knew that there was no way of me possibly knowing. For instance, I would say, um, the phone was ringing and -and so-and-so was calling and my mom would say, well, the phone's not even ringing. And then a minute or two later, the phone would ring with the exact same person that, that I would say would call. Um, I also had, um, an out-of-body experience when I was about six, I think I was six or seven years old. Um, my grandparents lived sort of in a, in a open kind of country field and they had thrown some sort of poison out for the, for the, for the rodents, I think. And, um, being a little kid, just kind of curious, um, I happened to eat that poison. (laughs) And so just, you know, started bleeding internally and, you know, rushed to the hospital, all that kind of thing. And I clearly remember leaving my body and, you know, I could see the nurses and doctors and uh, all this work being done on my body. And so those were memories that I had that I never, um, I didn't understand what was happening at the time. And I think a lot of it, I did explain to my mom and, you know, she, uh, she would kind of just say, well, let's pray about it. Or she would say, let's go to church or, um, something like that. And then those experiences just didn't stop happening. And so she had us move a couple of times because, you know, she thought, well, maybe the house was haunted or, um, those, those type of things. Um, and so, you know, that happened throughout my, my childhood. Um, and then when I was about 12 or 13, my grandmother passed away. And, um, I remember she, I came out of sort of a bathroom stall and, you know, there, there's a mirror right in front of me and she appears to me in that mirror. Um, so those are all things that were, were really, um, you know, I wasn't scared of those things. You know, you're not scared until someone tells you that 
you need to be scared of, of a certain yeah. situation. It was just a normal thing for me. And I thought, well, does this happen to everyone? I just really had no idea at the time. Um, and so, you know, so being, you know, sexually molested and abused at the time and then this going on, um, you know, it was definitely not what you would say your normal childhood. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there because <laughs> <laughs> we were speaking and I was trying to say, obviously, the premise of this show is to let people know they're not always alone in in their adversity that they're suffering. But you've definitely touched on some <laughs> stuff there. It's almost like a combination of extremes i suppose i've got so many questions i mean i, okay, I can speak sure, about this for yeah. ages if i may <laughs> so firstly i just want to say your dad sounds absolutely incredible and i think oh he's amazing <laughs> absolutely the fact that i think that especially that generation as well where they just they just get on with stuff and, and i really right. love that and i think you almost had like a first row seat at seeing how to deal with adversity and how to just face life's challenges which probably yeah. makes you so strong and empowering you now and i can hear yourself now you're in such a great place whereas it's so easy to probably be in a completely different place having been through what you've been through so uh, I mm -hmm. think props to yourself and obviously to your father for that then obviously we move on to the more I suppose sensitive subject matter where you were sexually molested and yes I, I'd be doing a disservice I suppose to the listeners and also to myself and if again please if, if this is making you feel uncomfortable you haven't you don't have to answer but I just want to ask how that affected you and when did it stop affecting you in your life or is it still something that you deal with today um it's definitely not something that I deal with today um it's something that it took me a long time to work through mm -hmm. uh, but I but I have found a place of peace with it um you know during those years I I, I guess because of the other situations that were going on in my life, I became very good at disassociating myself with the abuse and my emotion around it. Um, and it wasn't until later, till I was, you know, um, 11 or 12 years old when, you know, most kids are going through those changes where, you know, you're, you're not a child, but you're mm -hmm. also not an, a teenager. Um, and so, you know, I definitely went through a lot of period of just completely hating myself, you know, self-hate and depression and just feeling um, so isolated in those feelings and um, just a lot of different emotions, you know, but mostly it was the self-hate. I completely hated myself, you know, I didn't like the way I looked and I didn't like the way I felt and I didn't like my weight and I, I didn't like anything about myself. Um, so that, you know, I could say that that's how it affected me. And then um, around, I think it was around 11 when I was really going through the changes. Um, my, I started experiencing like a real physical pain in my body. It was intense pain. Um, I literally like, I would, I stopped walking because my body was in so much pain and my mom, you know, my mom took me to the doctors. They couldn't find anything really medically wrong with my body. Um, and now looking back, I, and because of the work I do now, mm. I, I know that it is, that it was the energy of that trauma that was stuck in my body and the energy of not being heard and not being, being able to speak up for myself 
that I was experiencing a real physical pain. Um, and it ended up that the doc, they thought maybe it was my appendix and they thought it was something, you know, with, you know, my female, I guess, organs. And I literally, I, they, I had a surgery, I had surgery because they did not know what to do with me. They didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and so now looking back, I think that's totally crazy that, you know, it went that far. But at the time, um, I don't think that I was able to verbalize, you know, what had happened to the extent that it happened. Um, I felt that a lot of it was covered up by extended family and I, I literally didn't know what to do. And now I know, like I said, I just think it was the pain of that trauma that my body was experiencing. Wow. Wow. Um, and just on that, as you were saying that, there was, um, there was a, a quote that I had listened to. I can't remember exactly where it came from, but it says, to heal a wound, you must feel a wound. And it okay. really resonated with me. So not in the respect that I've been through what you've been through but I had been physically assaulted to the point that I was almost left for dead a a long time ago it's a story for another day and it's not one that I've ever actually shared but Um, for me to be able to really have overcome that and went through the process of forgiveness and really trying to go back into that moment rather than kind of just plastering over it and pretending it never happened it was only then my life started to really really change so would you say that was how obviously I know you're into you do healing therapy now as well. Is that how you found yes. your way of really moving on, I suppose, from that trauma that you experienced there and then releasing yourself and now no longer hopefully experiencing physical pain? Um, yeah, it, it was a combination of things. Mm. Um, I think after that experience with the surgery and just really, you know, I've always been very intuitive um, and I've always been very in tune with myself. Um, even though sometimes I didn't have the words to express what I was feeling or I didn't feel like I had the support, um, I knew that that my life wasn't always going to be that way. You know, I knew that even as a young child and, um, you know, I would journal and I would read. And so it seems like I've always been into like self-help and mm. self-healing, even at a very young age. Um, but there were lots of little incidents after that, you know, I, I found myself in an abusive marriage, a first marriage and which I quickly got out of that. Um, and then I went on to start a business with my current husband, who's amazing and supportive and I love him. And, um, you know, things were going well with that. And then a recession hit, (laughs) um, unfortunately. And so we, we pretty much lost it all. And, you know, all the money and all the hard work that we had put into it. And so I also had a new, a new baby at the time. And then, you know, go trying to, trying to rebuild from that. Um, then I find out that my dad, um, has a terminal illness called pulmonary fibrosis and he was given six months to live. So, you know, it seemed like one thing happens and then, you know, now I'm, I'm caring for my newborn and, and then I find out I'm going to have another child and then navigating through caring for my children and for my dad, you know, and, and walking him through the process of his journey into his transition because, mm. you know, he, he only has six months to live at that point. Um, and so, you know, that was a beautiful gift, but it was, it was a difficult gift as well, just, just seeing him go through that. And then, um, you know, but I, I did make a promise to him cause we had, we had all this, uh, time to, to talk about all the really important things and, um, my childhood and his childhood and, and just a really understanding of each other. And, um, you know, he made me promise that after his, his transition that I would get 
some sort of therapy. I would seek out help. I would seek out some sort of healing mm. um, because not only was I going to have to heal from my childhood, just the the fact that healing from from losing him because he he was quite literally my best friend. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So I went on to, you know, I, I, I made a promise to him and I was going to fulfill that promise. So I did seek out a couple of therapists and it was, you know, talk therapy. And I, I really didn't feel um, that I was making much progress. And so someone mentioned um, EMDR. So um, I don't know the specifics of how it works, um, but I did a couple of sessions with that and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of my best friends who she's been on this journey with me since my childhood, um, she said, and at the time I was really into meditation. I got into meditation and started really um, implementing a spiritual practice of my own. And so she said, hey, I heard about this healing circle. It's a meditation circle. I think you would really, would really enjoy it. And so I decided to go. And that was my first experience with energy healing. I had um, an energy healing session there. And it was such a release. I uh, felt so much come out of my body. I had this experience where I felt my dad um, in the presence of that room. Um, I saw him. I heard him. I was able to talk to him. It was the most amazing experience. And I left there and I'm thinking, what was that? You know, what is that? I have to learn more about this. Um, and so that's how I found my, my first, my first mentor, um, with the Reiki, Reiki healing. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Just on that then. So, you know how you're having these out of body experiences and I know you explained yeah. one when you had the poison earlier on in your life and now obviously with your dad, is that something that you're in control of or is it something that you can maybe manifest or is it just completely random when it happens? Um, so for me now, it doesn't happen as often, um, but it's something I can control within myself. You know, I'm not walking around just leaving my body. You know? <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. And, and just on everything else that you, you said there, I just want to say how inspiring it is because I always find when somebody goes through so much trauma and so much adversity, but they only see the gifts from it. And they have a completely different perspective, like yourself, where you said you were so blessed to have all these gifts, yet you've gone through so much stuff, almost that you have to sit back and think, how does one person cope with so much adversity? So you are extremely inspiring with that. And I want to ask, what's your secret for continually rising each time you're not down with something? Um, I think, so I don't know that I have a secret. I do have a sort of spiritual practice that I uphold to and I am constantly working on myself. Um, but I think it's just really reflecting on my dad. You know, I really, I do this in, in, in his honor, really. Mm -hmm. I do this for my children. I do this for other people. So I work on myself so that I can work on others because I want people to know that no matter what you go through in life, you know, um, there's always light at the end of the tunnel and, and you're going to make it through those hard mm -hmm. times. Absolutely. And I'm I'm extremely glad that you kept your promise to your dad and you, you did seek that help because you're now in a position obviously where you can help so many more people, which is which is fantastic. So thank you. Good on you. And um, the AMDR definitely sounds interesting. Again, I think we spoke about this offline and this is where I really kind of 
for a selfish reason just got fascinated by your story because I've always been interested in the whole healing and the spirituality side I think the only difference between me and you is if I saw my grandma in the mirror or things flying off the wall I would absolutely crap myself and I I would be running out of the house quicker than anything so um, again you touched on a very good point though because I was going to ask you the question it's you only become scared of things in life when people tell you that you maybe should or society says that Um, and I suppose if as a kid I mean thinking back now I lived in my auntie's house pretty much all the time I was always around with my cousins and I'm sure there were some um, weird things happening in that house but it felt like (laughs) home to me whereas now I'm a grown man I'm in my 30s and if I had to go and stay there by myself on the night I'd probably turn it down (laughs) and I'd I'd probably say somewhere else so hopefully she's not listening uh, to get offended but but isn't it isn't it funny how, how the world works but I just think it is a beautiful gift I have been told and again correct me if I'm wrong that we all have this ability to sort of tap into this kind of is it a third eye or this intuition that with another higher level um yes I believe we all have we all have that ability to tune into to spirit to the divine um to our guides we we all have that ability I think sometimes you know we do go through different different things in life where uh we're not taught that we are able to do that I think that might be a disservice to lots of children you know because children don't question things they they're not afraid of things Mm. you know it it was very natural and normal for me um, to have those connections. Um, and sometimes, you know, the way, you know, different people have, you know, sort of religious beliefs or just the, the conditioning of the way they've been raised, um, wherever they are in the world. Um, so sometimes, you know, that'll start kind of diminishing those sort of connections because then we think, well, is this real? Is this wrong? Um, should I be afraid? You know, all those kind of things. But I think, you know, even with my own children, um, my son is extremely empathic. Um, my daughter, she also is very connected. As a matter of fact, um, after my father transitioned, uh, she was about three or four. She started connecting with him. She would see him and speak to him and, um, she would tell me what he would say. And then all those, those memories in my childhood, um, of having those connections started coming back up. Cause I thought this is exactly what I felt when I was mm. her age, um, yeah. So yeah, all children, we all do all of us, you know, we all have, we all have the ability to connect with our loved ones, um, who have transitioned and yeah, I, I definitely believe that. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Children are brilliant in that, the fact that they remain curious and they're fearless. So um, right. I kind of wish we all kept that, but somewhere along life through journey, whether it's peers or teachers or family, we kind of lose that bit and we start to be become afraid of things that maybe we shouldn't necessarily be afraid of and we stop becoming curious because we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into little pockets or sectors and it's a shame but um just on that then I just want to ask something I'm playing devil's advocate here okay some people will probably think that the stuff that you and I believe in is a little bit fairy tale-ish or something that doesn't exist for example so if we accept that there are people with their own beliefs which is absolutely fine but they've experienced the similar kind of traumas to yourself, i.e. the sexual abuse, for example. What would you recommend for somebody dealing with that pain? Are there alternatives other than the whole spiritual healing? Is there anything that you could recommend, perhaps? Again, there might not be an answer. I'm just asking as you've been through that situation. I think now looking back, you know, um, there there's so many different healing modalities and there's so many different 
different ways to go about healing. You know, energy healing is, is only one of those things, you know, and, um, I would say just find something that resonates with you, whether that's prayer. Some people feel, feel very connected to, to going to church and to praying, um, meditation. Meditation was a huge, um, practice for me that helped me. Um, EMDR is, is, is something that you can go to a therapist for, um, you know, hypnotherapy. There's so many different avenues. Um, and with the energy healing or Reiki or whatever it is that you choose to do, um, that can really be a complement to, to lots of other things that, that, you know, it doesn't have to be one Mm. sort of one modality. You can pick and choose and, and, uh, kind of find something that works for you. But, you know, if I could say one thing on that, um, I would say, you know, to stress the importance of, of whatever type of healing that you find, whatever resonates with you, that how important that is, because um, you know, just on working on myself and working on others. Um, I come now, now looking back, I have learned that I come from a long line of sort of abuse on both sides of the family, um, sexual abuse and, and physical abuse. And it's just a, an ancestral line. But, you know, when you decide to step forward and, and heal those, those things in, in your, um, in your life, you're not only healing yourself, but you're healing your ancestral line. And you're also healing, for your children, you know, so that they don't have to carry that forward in their Absolutely. DNA and they don't have to go through the same things you went through. So that's, to me, that's amazing. And every time I see that in someone, I'm just so happy and excited for them because it, it'll stop with you, you know, once you seek out that healing. And that, that's an amazing thing to think of. Yeah, absolutely. Because because it becomes a purpose bigger than yourself, which then obviously inspires you. Right. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, so touching back on the final thing that I wanted to ask you, which was about your business that you and your husband had in, invested so much time and energy into, which uh, sadly failed during the recession. What's the situation now? What are you doing right in this moment? Uh, well, now looking back, you know, at the time, you don't, you don't kind of make sense of things that are happening. Um, but now looking back, I, I don't think it was my journey. It wasn't my path. And so it didn't work out. And I would have been tied to something that I did not love. Of course, mm. at the time, I thought that this was my this was my passion. I I was a hairdresser. And so I did hair and makeup and, um, I did a lot of weddings. And so I opened up a bridal shop because that I loved weddings. I loved being Mm -hmm. around, um, that happy time in people's lives. And, um, but now looking back, um, that was never really my path. You know, that was never really my journey. Um, and so had I had the business, I wouldn't be doing what, what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have been able to spend that last six months with my dad. Um, definitely not because, you know, business, of course, as you know, takes up so much time and energy and money and worry and stress. Mm. (laughs) Um, and so, so after, uh, after, you know, pretty much losing it all, I mean, we had a, Oh, that was, that was a difficult time. But, um, so my husband continued to work what, you know, he never, he never quit his job. Um, and so I went on to just really work on healing myself Um, I, like I said, I took training in what I do now, which is 
Reiki healing. And um, shortly after, you know, I really went into it because I was the one that needed the healing. I never thought that I was going to use this to help other people. I, I definitely didn't think this was going to be what you call a business or mm-hmm. anything of that sort. Um, but I started really experiencing all those things that I had experiencing experienced as a child. So a lot of the mediumship abilities came back. And I noticed that every time I was, you know, practicing or working on someone, um, I was connecting to someone on the other side. Um, and so that, that led me into what I do now, really. That's incredible. And I just want to pick up on a point there. You said that you never went into it for yourself initially and you kind of never realized obviously the, the wider impact I suppose that you could have done. And the funny thing is, is a little bit like myself. So anxiety has literally been my shadow for the majority of my life. And when I started this podcast, find your voice. And then when I first started doing a little bit of public speaking and just, just trying to get out there and I joined Toastmasters and stuff, a lot of it was just solely for myself. It was to grow and it was was to kind of overcome the fears. And I was going through this growth mindset thing, thinking I'm not going to accept that in this very short amount of time, I'm just going to be that shy kid for the rest of my life. So I kind of threw myself out there and faced my fears. But at, at the back end of that, I realized the inspiration that it's giving other people. So I will get a very random message once in a while from somebody saying, every time you post, even though it might, for me, feel like a very mundane post, because I pretty much do the same stuff every day. It's saying, you inspire me every day, how you always just step outside your comfort zone. And then I realized, even in this podcast, the power that we have in terms of one, sharing our vulnerabilities, but then two, trying to overcome them. So that, that really resonated with me because now I almost feel like, the podcast especially is it's become a passion that I've just developed such an interest in and I want to kind of master it I want to become the best mm-hmm. at it and I want I really want to spread messages like yourself and all of my other fantastic guests out there in the world so we all don't shy away from our fears and we just literally live that childhood being how children are like we spoke about earlier and just be fearless and curious about life yes I love that that's amazing I think you're amazing thank you oh bless you <laughs> bless you you're amazing and I just want to ask actually just on now knowing where you are and you've kind of found I believe your passion now yes what's your daily routine like uh so I pretty much do the same thing every day (laughs) (laughs) I um I get up pretty early I start my day by meditating so that's something I don't ever deviate from I meditate um and then I will journal I journal every morning um if I'm reading a book which I tend to always read I'll read a couple of pages And then, um, now this is the part that kind of changes. Sometimes I go from going to the gym and sometimes, and right now my habit is just, I really like being outdoors. So I start my day by either a walk or a jog, which really turns into kind of a shuffle. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I've been listening to podcasts every single morning on my walk. So I make sure I do that and then I'll come back and work out and then I'm ready for my day. Fantastic. (laughs) but that's every single morning, every single morning I do that. That's brilliant. And within that, you can see straight away, there's a lot of self-care and a lot of self-love that goes into that. So you're kind of pouring yes. energy and almost revitalizing yourself before you kind of tackle the day, which is right. uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. And um, have you got any other hobbies other than what you do outside of your work? Um, so, I mean, I love to read. I love to spend time with family and friends. I homeschool my children. So 
that it pretty much takes up a lot of my <laughs> I can time. Imagine, yeah. um, and then, you know, of course, seeing my clients. And um, so I don't know that they're hobbies, but they're things that I enjoy doing. Um, just being with my children really right now and, and spending time with my husband. Excellent. And I just want to ask another question, if I may. Sorry, I have so many questions because I'm fascinated. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. How are you trying to spread your message and your because I believe you have an incredible story. I believe you you can obviously help people in so many ways. Have you got like a YouTube channel or is that something in the pipeline or are you thinking about increasing um, your Instagram? I'm thinking about, open, yeah, so my Instagram's been, um, I, so this has kind of been a journey for me and it's, mm. it's, it's been private for a very long time because, um, so where I, where I live, and I think in general, um, there's been a lot of sort of backlash when I started to, to open up and do more mediumship readings and um, to really do that. Some people are, are very strongly against that. Um, so that was a little concern with the fact that I do have children. I didn't want that to affect them in any way. Um, but we've had, we've had lots of moments where we talk about this and, you know, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't Absolutely. believe in what you do and doesn't like you. Um, so mostly right now, my work has just been word of mouth. Um, there's a local magazine that I've been fortunate enough here to write for. I've done a couple of interviews for that magazine. Um, and, and I have my website and so that's basically, but really it's just, you know, um, in my area, a lot of clients send me more clients. And so that's been amazing, but yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I am going to start working on some more things. Um, I tend to procrastinate a little bit in that area, which I am, I'm working on that. My husband gets a little irritated with me, but um, yeah, so I am opening up more and more slowly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's a process, isn't it? I I mean, I remember initially, so I come from a very academic background. Again, I was always a shy kid, yet I would be doing the most random stuff in terms of I would just create a YouTube channel or I would just start doing videos and it was almost weird because people would say are you really that shy but what they didn't see was that it would take me five hours to release a two-minute YouTube video because I'd I'd have to take 300 attempts for it and then the beautiful thing that I liked with the YouTube channel was that I could manipulate it so much and cut out all the errors and R's and almost make myself look perfect (laughs) and then somewhere along my journey I realized actually that's not really the perception that I want to be given in fact let's just wear my flaws and wear my scars and actually say guys this is kind of how I am, but I'm still working on it. So I think definitely right. get yourself get yourself out there. I think Instagram's a brilliant platform, and I've spoken to a couple of um, ladies who have actually come on the podcast or just offline actually, and they have Instagram TV where they'll just do like minute videos or a couple of minute videos a day or maybe a week. Again, obviously it depends on your time scale, but it really does give great value, and slowly you can start to see the people who are engaging with them and you almost create like a community because as with myself I could say one message and somebody next door could say the same message but the audience might resonate with them more than me or vice versa if that makes sense so I think yes that makes perfect sense yeah and I think you'll definitely get your audience and I just as you said something earlier I just want you it was a it was a quote from Eric Thomas he's a motivational speaker and he says there's a group of people that need you more than you need to listen to the negative comments I love that I loved it as well because in your back of your mind you're worried about what these negative comments are going to say but we really have to get people like yourself out there because like he says there's a group of people that actually need you and need this message so uh, take that that on board it's literally I I mean I tweeted that and I kind of have it in I have a certain number of quotes a day that I always just look at and it just kind of keeps me 
focused on my journey because if I listen to naysayers or people saying, why are you doing this? Or don't you find it weird that you're trying to put yourself on the in the internet? And I almost kind of changed it and feel like it's my duty to kind of share people's stories. Like I get to sit with you now for an hour and I learn so much from your adversity, from your wisdom, from the words that you say. I then feel it's an injustice if I don't share that with the world. Thank you for sharing that with me. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And that's something I've, I've been... I've been trying to work on for for a while now. Um, But again, I think it kind of goes back to my childhood. You know, I, Mm. I, I did receive a lot of negative comments and even now as an adult, you know, um, I have tried to reach out to different areas um, and people have not been so nice with their comments, (laughs) which I totally understand and I'm fine with, but um, I'm definitely working on that part. You know, we're all, we're all kind of a work in progress. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Nobody has it figured out. We're all kind of just figuring it out as we go along. Yes. It is about just finding your network because what I realized was, again, just on a quick tangent, when I started my YouTube channel, my initial frustration was because my friends and family wasn't supporting it. And then what oh, I what yeah. I very quickly realized was that was not my audience that I needed to serve. Oh, yes. That is such an amazing point. Yes. Absolutely. And it, to be honest, it only clicked like 18 months down the line. So I had all this resentment and all this kind of frustration mm-hmm. towards my friends and family until I really realized, hold on, Aaron that's not who you need to be serving with what you're doing. So then I changed my focus. And even now with this podcast, my news feeds and the people I interact with are completely different to myself, say 12 months ago, because I need to be in a community where there are people who need healing. There are people who just need that inspirational motivation or somebody who's gone through adversity. Then I'm kind of trying to connect the dots, if that makes sense, and just make their life a little bit easier. So yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking forward to your journey and hopefully see a lot more content as well. Fantastic. The next question, as you probably know, is going to be about adversity. And I know we've kind of touched on that very briefly Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So by all means, choose any type of adversity that you've been through in life. It can be business related. It can be personal or whatever. Okay. But but the main thing I want to know from this is just the lessons that you learned from it and what you can then take from that situation and move forward with. Oh, wow. Um, I, I think I, you know, I've learned a lot through through the things that I've gone through. Mm. Um, I, I think the main thing is that humans in general are so much stronger than I think we're even led to believe that we can take our stories and the trauma and the good points and all those things and just really use that to help other people and to let them know that they will get through it as well. Um, but really I think it's just, wow, people are so strong and we don't even realize it when we're going through, through those situations, but how amazing we are. Kathy, you're amazing. And I think when people listen to this story, people are going to realize, wow, we're even stronger. So it's one thing thinking we're strong. And when we go through adversity, we almost come out the other side. And it's like that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But then when you hear of somebody else, and this is why I love stories like yourself, who's been through so much more and more, and then still come out the other side and just has this radiant energy of just love and no resentment or any sort of Mm -hmm. ill feeling is beautiful. And it just shows you, wow, there's even more strength that we can tap into. Yeah, thank you. And in this moment then, right now, what's your biggest fear? Um, something happening to my children. Mm. 
something happening to them. Um, So I I do tend to be a little overprotective with my children, which I'm also working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is that the homeschooling as well? uh, No, not so much. No, not so much the homeschooling. It's just, um, you know, I'm very aware of people that are around my children at all times. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about something happening to my children. I don't want them to have to go through the same thing that I, that I experienced. Um, so I would say that would be my biggest fear. And, and that's very understandable. Thank you. And next, before we go into the fun part of the show where I'm going to put you through your paces, I just want to ask what, <laughs> what in this moment is your inspiration, your why for what you do, what you do? My children. Hmm. My children, especially, I want to say my, my daughter, because I want them to know that they can constantly reinvent themselves. Mm, they can, they don't have to know all the answers, you know, by the time they're 18 or 19, you know, um, you know, I want them to see that, you know, I've been all these different things. I've done all these different things and I'm still working on it. So, so just do what makes you happy. Um, you know, speak your truth. I want them to know that. So that's why I'm constantly, you know, I am working on that because I want my daughter to, and my son, of course, but to, to speak your truth. Um, so they, they are my why, they are my inspiration for sure. I love that. It's such a beautiful message. And I think in a society where we're almost hypnotized with this pull of trying to fit in and trying to walk a certain way, trying to buy certain things and, and just conform to, I suppose, what society wants us to do. It's very difficult to be ourselves. Right it would be beautiful to see more people really just try and just really embrace who, who they are. Right. At each stage of your life, you know, you don't, you don't have to have all the answers. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you won't, you know? <laughs> absolutely. I'm still trying to figure one answer out. That's correct. But yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Brilliant. So we are actually now at the fun part of the show and this is kind of the show, the part of the show, sorry, where I would just ask you the most random questions for 60 to 90 seconds. We're going to start in three, two, one. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Uh, crimes against children. Your favourite hobby? Reading. Your biggest role model? My dad. What would you like to be remembered for? My compassion. Your biggest goal this year? Ooh, to get out and make um, some heartfelt connections, meet new people, um, and just really connect with others. I love that. Your worst mistake? Uh, my first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> if you could relive one day again, what day would it be? any day with my dad the ability to fly or be invisible fly the number one thing that annoys you Ooh, liars money or fame money your proudest moment uh giving birth to my children your favorite food popcorn would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals i feel like i can speak to animals Mm. so i'm gonna go with all languages if you had an extra hour a day how would you spend it uh any time with my children netflix or youtube YouTube. Your favorite TV show ever? I really love, and I still really love, the old classic, like, Twilight Zone show. I love those. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? How? And finally, what is one question that you wish I had asked you? Um, I think we covered it all. Okay, brilliant. Fantastic. This is amazing. Oh, bless you. So that was nice oh, and easy. You. And the next question I want to ask just before we move on to the final question is about reflection. And okay. I'm a firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing because obviously upon reflection, we can always think of ways to get to places quicker, easier or with less heartache. But what I want to know is if you could go back knowing everything that you know now to a younger mm-hmm. Kathy, 
maybe yes. during your early years between the ages of eight to ten or whatever age it was and you could just whisper something in her ear knowing exactly what you know now what would it be um I think in regards to the abuse that I suffered I would say it's not your fault mm. this isn't your fault none of this is your fault um that would be huge and did you believe it was your fault at that at that particular time I thought I did something wrong. Definitely. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was something that I did wrong. And I, and I believed that for a long time, you know? So yeah, I would definitely say that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And if I may just ask on that, was it, yes. was it difficult for you to come out and let your family know about it? I mean, how did that, how did that situation um, It was very rise? difficult. Mm. Um, so that was a totally different, you know, that's a whole story in itself, mm. but um, like I mentioned, my best friend who invited me to the meditation circle, we were friends in middle school. So I think by this time I'm 11 or 12 years old. I don't know, but I was just going through such a difficult time. And like I said, I was in so much physical pain, um, that I opened up to her and I mean, she was, I mean, you know, another child basically. <laughs> um, and so she went to the school counselor and so the school counselor called me in and then called my parents in. And so that's how it came out. But by this time, it was already, you know, seven years. Um, but there was a lot of threats being made by this mm. person. So I was afraid. Yeah, I was afraid of I was going to ruin the family. I was mm. afraid that I was going to get hurt or that he was going to hurt my parents. Um, I was afraid of not being believed. Um, and then at some point, you know, you, it's so common that in a way you accept it, which is a strange concept, but it just becomes your life and you don't know any difference at that point. So, so I didn't even know, I, I don't think at that, you know, at the earlier stages, I didn't know it was an option to, to, to speak out about it and to say, Hey, this is happening. And, um, is this okay? Yeah. What should we do? Right. Yeah. I, I literally had no idea um, because it was so it was so common and it happened so many times that it just became my life. Of course. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And just finally then, so this is actually the last question that I always love to ask my guests and it's about legacy. Okay. So yes. if in 150 years time, science fails to save us all and all that exists is a book and this book has everything that you've done in your life, all the weird and wonderful things. Firstly, what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the blurb at the back tell us about Kathy? I think I would want the title to be Never Alone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'd want it to really express that, you know, I was a compassionate, patient, kind person. Um, but I think I would want it to really express the fact that I would want others to know that we all have this inner guidance and this innate healing power within us. Um, that even, you know, in those darkest moments when we feel alone, that we are able to tap into that and tune into that. And that we are definitely more powerful than we believe, Absolutely. than we're taught to believe. Um, but I really want people to know that, um, that they have this amazing ability inside them. I think we'd all be much more courageous if we knew how strong we could truly be so uh, that's right. beautiful absolutely and Kathy sadly that is obviously the end of the the questions but I want to give this I want to give you an opportunity and I want to give the guests an opportunity to obviously connect as well so what's the best place that the listeners can reach out to you um so I have a website it's kathycourtney.net um I am on Instagram kathycourtney7 
Uh, but definitely through my website if someone had any questions or uh, you could definitely reach me on there. Fantastic. And that's actually the website that I mentioned earlier where I actually read your story and it, and it was fascinating. I'm so glad that I did read that story and I did reach out to Thank you. Thank you. I am too. I'm forever grateful. Myself too. I mean, this has been an absolute pleasure and I do urge everyone listening to follow Kathy. Again, if you go on even our Instagram page, we are following you, um, your messages even in your captions and stuff there's always a little message there but i'm looking forward to you really coming out of your shell and really starting to share your light because this this conversation has been really enlightening for me i really do appreciate you sharing your vulnerabilities as well so thank you for taking time out of your day today and i want to also thank the listeners as well thank you for listening thank you so much i really appreciate you and remember this podcast is absolutely free so all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on itunes have an awesome day